Hi, I'm Sean L. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Gabby Dunn is a writer, journalist, actress, and comedian living in Los Angeles. Along with her comedy partner, Allison Raskin, she has written in, performed, and produced a successful comedy YouTube channel, Just Between Us, which has more than 700,000 subscribers. Their young adult novel, I Hate Everyone But You, was a New York Times bestseller. Gabby was one of Paper Magazine's 10 comedians to watch in 2015, and in 2016, her podcast, Bad With Money, was named one of the top podcasts of the year by the New York Times. She's turned the podcast into a new book, Bad With Money, The Imperfect Act of Getting Your Shit Together. It's out now, so let's get to it! Do you have a start? That's official. I'll let you do your official start. No, I, I do the intro separately. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. so we can just jump right in, Gabby Dunn. Oh, great. Hey. <laughs> hey. I don't think I have seen you in person since you moved to L.A. Uh, yeah, that's what... I, yeah, I thought that. It, what, like five years ago? Yeah. Yeah. I mo- Yeah, I moved kind of on a whim. Really? Yeah. I wasn't... I didn't have a plan. I wasn't like... Oh, so I lived here for four mm-hmm. years. You got that Village Voice Award, and you're like, I've done as much as I can do in New York City. Mm, I'm going to take this Village Voice Award for my 100 interviews, (laughs) Tumblr, best web. What was the the actual award? It was best Tumblr. Best Tumblr. But in the the book, For those of you listening in 2019, (laughs) Tumblr was a website. It's over now. Popular, the early 2010s. No, they banned porn, so it's done. Oh. Um, but yeah, so I had uh, I had a Tumblr. It mm-hmm. got a Village Voice Award. And then they didn't... I don't know who... So in the book I talk about, I don't know who gave me that award. And then I just got like a crazy email from a, a girl I know being like, oh, she... Or no. Yes. She was like, I used to work at the Village Voice mm-hmm. and, uh, during that time. And I just asked all my old coworkers and none of us know who gave you that <laughs> award. <laughs> And I was like, thank you for doing the research, but it still remains like the biggest mystery in my life. I guess. Do you believe in God? No. no. Because I would say this, that would be like a, a really kind of a God moment then. Like if Bruce it just Almighty sort of, style? It, like just sort of, just... it just sort of materialized. Yeah, nobody now, like now my, I have people checking like with the old Village Voice journalists from mm-hmm. 2010 being like, did you put Gabby Dunn in the paper? No. Did you? No. So thanks, whoever. But I have no idea who essentially kickstarted my career. Right. Right. I'll not, never know, I'm sure. But huh. oh well, thanks to that person. But look at you now. Yeah, yeah. So, you, yeah. So I'm, I, I'm very happy to have you here because... Oh, thank you. Um, you know, you mentioned in the book, obviously, the, the magazine piece you wrote about uh, getting poor... <laughs> get rich or die trying. Get, get rich or die trying. Yeah. Um, oh, get rich or die vlogging it was. That was, Very funny headline. I didn't come up with it. You were one of the first, if not the first. But you were definitely the first person I knew who kind of pulled back the curtain mm-hmm. on the social media hustle. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm sure you know because you do all this stuff and like people see. I'm what- very, I'm very successful. What are you talking about? <laughs> and, well, visibility. I'm not going to show you my tax records. So visibility doesn't equal. 
financial stability, it turns out. No, it doesn't at all. So yeah, so the book is is called Bad With Money, and I just talk about uh, being bad with money, and, but but it starts from this like article that I that I wrote that was like. Basically, you might think that your favorite influencers or your favorite blogger or your favorite YouTuber or whatever is a millionaire. There's very few of us who are. I'm not one of them. And most of what we do, I'm what you and I do, is for free. Or we're it's costing us money to do. Uh, I'm spending money right now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> By using right. the studio. And you and, and everyone thinks and this that, podcast costs money to host. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and nobody pays to listen to it. <laughs> right, <laughs> and then but then the thing about the article was right. So you're like nobody pays to listen to it, but then people get up in arms. Like if you were to make like a special paid episode, everyone mm-hmm. lose their minds and be so pissed. And it's like, well, why shouldn't you do that? But then you're like, well, then I'm going to lose audience members. So you just are in this this sick like this terrible cycle of like I want to make money doing the thing that I love, but if I start asking for money, everyone on the internet is so demanding that they'll just be like, fuck off, and can I curse? Yeah. They'll be like, fuck off, and just and just listen to something else. So how do you make money? Exactly. What made you decide to write that? Uh, I had had... I had we had done about 200 YouTube videos. My my uh, YouTube partner Allison Raskin and I had done. This was a, the just between us. Yeah, and just between us, which was our YouTube channel. And this was before you did a Patreon or after? Uh, this was dur- we had Actually, had a Patreon. Okay. Um, and so I'm trying to think of when Patreon started. That was like 2014, 2015. 15, yeah. yeah. So this was like yeah, 2015. So we. So we got a brand deal mm-hmm. for, I mean, we split everything, right? So it was like a $5,000 brand deal. We split it. I was like, cool. That's like my rent and some bills and, and some pay- credit card stuff. Amazing. Um, but it, was, it wasn't like a life-changing amount of money. And uh, we, did the, we did 200 videos for free. And then we got this brand deal. And we did a one video that was like sponsored. And the fans were so pissed. And they were like, how dare you do a sponsored video? Oh, okay, get that money, like stupid rich YouTube girl. And at the same time, I was having trouble. I don't know. I was had to pay some bill or something. And I was like going through my car, seeing if I like had any dollars in the car. And and like crying. And I was like, there's such a disconnect between what people think I am and what I actually am that I just kind of I mean my editor Nona Aronowitz really made it into an actual article I mostly just typed up like a rant being like <laughs> fuck all you people I'm like I you have no idea how much work goes into this you're all terrible <laughs> like just like was very upset and I knew friends of mine had a similar situation where like I knew a lot of my YouTube friends had day jobs Starbucks museum would they guide. talk about it though or no no one of my friends I, I can't say who but one, one of my friends is a flight attendant and she's still on the down low. And she's a YouTuber. Up high, but on the down low. Up high, but on the down low. It's a secret. Like, and that's so wild. Right. Yeah. I know with my own website, for years, people thought that I was very successful. Mm-hmm. And I would... But they don't know I how. Would t- I would tell friends that it was very rich in street cred. Yes. But that doesn't pay the rent. No, it doesn't. And that and but, that's but the to, thing. But to tell people that I wasn't making any money off of the comics comic... Mm-hmm would somehow seem like I was saying I was a failure. Yes, or they'd be very judgmental. Or they don't have a website, and but they'll be like... And people wouldn't read it because... No, no, no. They go, I bet this happened to you. They go, they they have never had a website in their life, and they go, you know, Sean, if I were you, here's what I'd be doing mm-hmm. to make money. 
and you go, oh, cool, I've never thought of that. Like when your mom is like, have you thought about SNL? And you're like, yeah, I freaking have. Like, uh, like it's that thing where I'm mm-hmm. sure. And people oh, anytime did- there's a late night talk show host opening, my mom lets me know. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so I try to, so like people would come at me and be like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, if I had a YouTube channel, here's what I'd do. Oh, just go viral. Yeah. Just if, have you thought about going viral? And it's like, uh, even that probably wouldn't pay anything, mm-hmm. but it's also, yeah. Like they would go, oh, well, why don't you put ads on your, on your website? Oh, I never thought of that. Yes. Of course I've thought of that. Um, those ads, I had ads on a hundred interviews. I probably made a hundred bucks total in like mm-hmm. a year. That's not, no. And I had a lot of viewers, but no. What was the reaction to your magazine piece when it first came out? Um, a lot of YouTubers were really excited because they felt finally like seen and validated. Uh, a brand Even deal- if they weren't mentioned by name. Yes. Um, per- per- perhaps even more so because they weren't mentioned. Yeah. Fans were shocked. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shocked. I got so many comments being like, oh my God, I've followed YouTubers forever. I had no idea. Because... I started fighting with someone in the comments because I was like, they were like, well, you get money from views. And I was like, how does that work? Because I was like curious. What do they think? How does that work? And they were like, well, YouTube pays you. And I was like, oh, my God. You think YouTube cuts me a check? You're insane. YouTube doesn't pay me shit. (laughs) YouTube doesn't cut me a check. It's Google AdSense, which is a third, like, quote, unquote, third party. And then AdSense is like, I don't know. 80, like, very small amounts, nothing, basically nothing. Yeah. Some, one of my friends, it, like, it's like, depends on, need- I don't know, the algorithm or whatever. But it's, but it doesn't pay you that much. You right. You're lucky you if you get a dollar per 1,000. Yeah. You can't live off of that. Mm-hmm. So, so fans were shocked. They thought YouTube gave me a salary for making YouTube videos. And I, I could, I was like, I can't even start with that. And yeah. then, um, at the time, I had a, a brand deal, and they the company took it away mm-hmm. because they felt now it seemed like any brand deal I did, the fans would know I just took it for money, obviously. But they were like, well, now they'll never believe you like a product because you exposed that you do things for money. So then I like lost out on a, a deal. And then that same company later hired Allison and not me <laughs> to do another deal. And I was like... Wow, okay. Now, you actually had a, a job that paid okay money, mm-hmm. the BuzzFeed job that you had right before that. Yeah, it was okay, yeah. It Not was, great yeah. money, but it's uh, Definitely li- livable, definitely un- underpaying right. for, like, in terms of what other companies pay for. Like, I remember a friend of mine when we worked there, so my salary was 50K a year, and I remember a friend of mine when we worked there, she was getting a competing offer for, like, mm-hmm. a company was trying to snag her. And they were, they were offering eighty k, and that company was like less known than BuzzFeed. So I was like, "Oh, BuzzFeed's super underpaying." Well, see, I say okay because <laughs> my first newspaper job out of college paid twenty two thousand dollars a year. Yep, that's most newspaper jobs. Um, and the the most I've ever earned for a newspaper job full time was at the Daily News in two thousand seven, and that was sixty thousand. Yes, exactly. Um, it's not – I mean, and you're I, not going to hit so six like, figures. Oh, I've, I've, made, in, I've made money where I don't have to worry about the rent finally. In media, you're not going to make six figures, right. I don't think, unless you're – you know, I mean, if you're – you know what I mean, a low-level person in media. But also, um, like, uh, there were other people – it was very – it was very – I learned a lot because there were other people at BuzzFeed who had come in, men specifically, mm-hmm. who had come in and asked for more. So I found out there was a guy – 
sitting like two desks behind me who had the same job as me who made 75k and i was like and i arguably did more work than that guy and i am happy to say that now and i was like that's what this is why we're bad with money though because because mm-hmm. i didn't one- know no and it, i was thinking about this after seeing your book it's the one thing that no matter what job i've ever had people as soon as they find out what other people at the company make no matter what the company is yep they go everyone loses crazy. their mind yeah we were out to dinner a bunch of us from buzzfeed one time we were all out to dinner and we were like drinking and someone was like let's just say our salaries <laughs> and so everyone started saying their salary and people were screaming it was like a long table like this mm-hmm. and people were like like pointing at each other and just being like like screaming but because of the disparity between right. certain people. Was it all gender or not? All, uh, all, I mean, the disparity. No. Was the disparity just gender or, uh, or was it also n- just... No, okay. it was because the... Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's it's interesting. Like, there was, there was racial stuff involved, too. Not uh, necessarily... Like, gender and race is so intertwined that it was like the guy that was making more than me was like a, a man of color mm-hmm. but then I you know I'm a white lady a white queer lady but he's like a straight man of color but mm-hmm. he's making like $25,000 more than me so like what does that mean it was like very confusing um, but really they said he just had asked for for that salary <laughs> and I was like I could I didn't know that I could ask um, exactly but also then there was like a you know a guy that a, a straight white dude that made less than me who sat next to me who I think was doing the same job. So that's weird also. Uh, and I think they uh, – I hate when you're I – mem- I remember applying for jobs and they would say, okay, well, what do you think is fair? Mm. Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> you know? I had no I – w- I don't know. But now I'm yeah, like, I've, oh, my I've God. I've always I been sh- a terrible negotiator oh, myself. I was like, I should have just been like $100,000 and then let them tell me if it was good or bad. Why did I underdo it? I should have just shot for the moon. I think – no, my theory has always been – Let say no. My theory has always been to, to, to bid low because that way they'll give it to me. I, that's what I thought too. I know. And but that's the, But then so I would sad. realize that other people make more money and go, well – how right. is that possible? I'm doing all the work. That's because we, I always thought My name I was, is all over this newspaper. How am I making the least amount of money at this newspaper? I thought I was always that one, was one Herald, step. By the way. <laughs> I thought I was always getting, um, I thought I was uh, one step away from being fired always. And mm-hmm. I think that's like a fear coming out of um, graduating in like 2009. So like right after the, the economic collapse. Right. And I think like until uh two years ago and i like work for myself but until two years ago i was like i'm getting fired every day i would be like someone's gonna fire me i just always could went you get into... fired from thought catalog or no <laughs> I or daily up, dot actually i, I was surprised up... reading your book i was surprised that daily dot offered health insurance they did mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. i so i thought i left thought catalog for daily dot because mm-hmm. daily dot gave me more money and health insurance thought catalog I I had it under a pseudonym in the book for a, for a hot second, and mm-hmm. then the editors were like, "I mean, everyone's <laughs> gonna know what this is." <laughs> like I had named it. I think I had named it Emotions Magazine. Okay. And they were like, "You can't. Everyone's <laughs> gonna know what this is." And I was like, "Okay." And when the lawyer contacted me to check stuff, mm-hmm. she was like, "So um, we don't really have all any concerns." Um, Obviously, change. We think you should change some names and change this back to Thought Catalog. And also, uh, I guess you say that people there took time off 
just to do cocaine. I that seems fine, but I was like, uh, I I'll stand by. They can sue me, and I'll stand by it. But it was like a free. I mean, that was like a, a kind of a free for all place. Mm-hmm. But I did always think I was getting fired. Yes, every day. But okay, the thing with the people that I talk to, comedians slash content creators, mm-hmm. usually when I talk to them about their careers, it's talking about leaving a day job mm-hmm. or a career. Mm-hmm. And that moment when they realize they can leave that behind for a creative career yeah. where the money is completely unknown. Yes. My taxes are crazy. It's all kinds of W-9s and 1099s. And and uh, I don't know. I mean, I also don't Did know. Did you change based on the new tax laws? Did you change your uh, status? No. There was a lot of talk about that from 2017 to 2018. I don't think so. In terms so. of whether you should be an LLC or a, I was or a, I was an LLC. Now I'm a, a corporation. Yeah, that's yeah. So, um, so you did change your. I change well. Oh yes, that's the change. Yeah, um, but I I I don't know when money's coming in. I have mm-hmm. like a little schedule that tells me like okay, this is when this is due. This is when this payments due. But people are liars. So they don't. So they'll be like, "Yeah, yeah." Well, well, no company is in a rush to pay you, right? Ever. So they'll be like, "Yeah, we'll pay you this day," and then they'll be like, "No, never mind. It's <laughs> a week from now." And you'll be like, "But I planned for this day," and they'll be like, "Sorry." I'm I'm pretty fortunate because the two places that I freelance are the New York Times and the Post. Yeah. And so they they just have like a machine, and they pay on time. Yeah. Oh, that's a, a miracle. But it. But I think it's just because everything is so automated. Yeah, it could be. There. I mean, there, we. Uh, it took a year one time for a, a magazine to cut me a check. And the one time I, the one time I wrote for Time Out in New York, it took a while. Yeah. Th- well, yeah. This was Cosmo. <laughs> okay. So hopefully you have new people, Cosmo. Also, <laughs> also they. Um, I did a brand deal for a company, and they also took. But so this was like a couple years ago. So mm. not even freelancing, but freelancing, quote unquote. I did a brand deal for this company, and I promoted their brand, and then they took a full year to cut me a check. A full calendar year. And the worst part is that it was – I promoted them for pride, so they took advantage of a marginalized community and then didn't pay me for a year. Oof. Insidious. So I made them look like good allies, and then mm. they didn't cut me a check for a full year. I know. Everybody sucks. Take, take away the rainbow. Right. Everybody sucks. So nobody wants to pay you. So I get, I have these, this always, I feel like I always have money coming in, but it's like when? So how, how, how have you adjusted to that kind of a lifestyle where you, you don't know when the money's coming in, but you still have to keep making things. Correct. To keep money coming in. Right. I am, I plant seed. I mean, right now it seems like, oh my God, she's doing so much, but it's because it's seeds that I planted three years ago. So like I wasn't, and then I know that things I'm doing now, I probably won't see the fruits of that labor till 2021 or whatever. Like I always am trying to think ahead. So a lot of stuff that I do, so like, right, I did the podcast, started the Bad With Money podcast in 2016. And then did you start that thinking there would be a book? No, but I thought I thought it could be turned into I'm always thinking in terms of IP. So I mm-hmm. thought it could be turned into something else. Um, and then so we, you know, we turned it into the book. And then uh, there was, you know, 
were always sort of trying to be like, now what's the TV adaptation? Or um, I have a comic book coming out in October and I wrote this comic book and the advance wasn't huge. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, now we secure the movie rights. Or like I'm always sort of trying to think what, how is this thing that I'm doing now going to manifest in like two or three years? When did you first meet Alison Raskin, your YouTube partner in crime? I met Allison in right when I moved to LA, so twenty mm-hmm. December twenty thirteen. Okay, and uh, we met doing stand up. We met at an open mic, and uh, I don't know. She came up and talked to me. Um, I n- never talked to anyone at open mics. She was like, "Oh, a girl," and so she came up and was like, "Hi." Uh, very aggressive at friendship, mm-hmm. which is not my style. <laughs> So she kind of was like, let's hang out. When are, give me your number. When are we hanging out? And then like followed up and was like, we're, we're hanging out this day. Like all these things. And I was like, is this girl in love with me? Like what's <laughs> happening? Like I had never had someone so aggressively pursue my friendship. Um, so then for like a hot second, I was like, is she trying to date me? And then after like a few weeks, I was like, no, this is just what she's like. Mm-hmm. Weird. Um, but we, but we just kind of sat at this diner and was like, and wrote out like, what, what kind of projects could we do together? And we're like, let's do this YouTube channel. And then we just, and then we're both, I think that's a rare kind of person who has consistency. So other people I've worked, you know, we'll have projects together and then it'll just drop off. But Allison, like, I mean, it didn't matter to anyone. No one was watching the show. She made a schedule. It had to come out at this time on this day. And here's how many we needed to do and all this stuff. And I'm also that way. Like, I'm also like, no, no, no. We'll we'll post every week, obviously. It doesn't matter if people are watching. So we just both had that mentality and it worked out. There's like one other person I know who I work with who has that mentality. And then a lot of other people will go, oh, we should write together. Oh, we should do something together. And it never happens. And I think it just has to be a perfect storm of two people being shameless. So Mm -hmm. posting videos that no one watches and uh, being like willing to work and be consistent with something that like maybe no one cares about. Would you would you uh, bankroll episodes or would you we would, we do, shoot, do them in real time? No, no, we still do. We shoot week. we shoot three at a time. Okay. So usually we'll shoot for. I mean, usually we'll shoot for the whole month in one mm-hmm. day, and then and then I edit them. And I am not a good editor. <laughs> I've been editing them for three years. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I've been editing JBU for like four years on iMovie. There, I mean, the lighting's not great. The sound is not like. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm still. It's almost a bit at this point mm-hmm. because they know that I edit it, so they're just like, "Good job, Gabby. <laughs> Keep it up." <laughs> but you save money that way. Oh yeah, we save money. I have no editing skill. I went to journalism school. Mm-hmm. I I taught myself iMovie from watching tutorials. Uh, and then it's so funny to talk to other YouTubers where they go, what do you edit on Premiere, Avid? And I go, fucking iMovie, baby. <laughs> and they're like, what? The best part of editing on iMovie is that we have this theme music that we use called Collins Avenue. And we've used it. It's just like iMovie theme music. Oh, okay. It's it. We don't pay for it. It's like free right, iMovie right, music. Okay. We've always used it because it's free. Whatever. Who cares? And then someone messaged us and was like, they're using your music in porn. <laughs> Because it's free. Right. And I was Anyone like. Anyone can use that music. God damn it. <laughs> They're editing an iMovie. <laughs> so maybe pay for music. 
Um, okay, but when you started, there was a hope that you could turn it into TV. Yeah, we had a we had a pilot in 2015 at MTV. Oh, um, but it died. So, what was that process like? So quick, it was really weird. Um, I went. You in did t- make the pilot, though. We shot it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I went in. I went in to audition for um, for something, mm-hmm. and in that audition, they said like an acting thing, and they said, "Oh, do you have any other projects?" And I was like, "Well, actually, I have a a partner that I usually work with." And they were like, "Oh, bring her in." So then we came in together, and then we like told them about JBU mm-hmm. basically. Uh, and they were like, oh, we we love that. And so Allison wrote a, a sitcom script out of the show. Okay. And we shot it. And then um, there was a scandal involving one of the actors I can't really talk about. And, oh, and, right. And it, and it died. Right. So. I remember. And then, yes. So then we had, um, so then, an early Me Too moment. Um, so then we had, uh, we've had other shows. Mm. I mean, we sold a show to YouTube Red in which we played Private Eyes. That didn't go. We sold a show to FX um, that was about a cult, and uh, that didn't go. Mo- in a, a cult in an office, which didn't go mostly because I think um, corporate is a better version of what we did. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, no, they nailed it. Um, and then was your just between us? Was that supposed to be like a broad city no, flavored um, kind of? E- uh. Kind of. The premise was that I... It was called Slut versus Prude. And the premise was Allison's the prudest person in the world. And I'm like her free will and friend. Right. And uh, and she all she wants is a husband. And she meets a guy. And they have like a beautiful romantic comedy meet cute. And she's like in love with him. And then it turns out he's the world's biggest porn star. But they're like... So the whole show would have been a sort of will they, won't they with them. And like, you know, the the irony would have been if he had met my character, it would have been, you know, and we had fallen in love. Who I would have been like, who gives a shit? Right. But it, it was like her... There's it was no kind of like, there. Right. Yeah, it was kind of like her... It was going to be sort of more about her overcoming prudishness, mm. essentially. Um, or like learning what love is or whatever. But it, so it was kind of a, uh, it wasn't really a broad city. It was sort of like a spin on the rom-com genre. Okay. And I was the fun friend, like the Judy Greer. <laughs> um, and so. Uh, Judy Greer is great. But Chris Red played my boyfriend. Oh. Which was awesome. Wow. And before anything, before right. Pop Star, before anything, we met him, we cast him off a tape. Nice. Um, and he's lovely. Uh, so yeah, so, um, so. Uh, we've, what else? We had like, we've so had like a, a bunch, shows. yeah, we've sold a bunch of shows basically, but, but. So even though those didn't go because you sold them. You get that, paid. That money helps you. It does. Yeah. You get, get paid. through the year. Mm-hmm. So it's, and we, we've sold, we, we had another project with Fox. Like we've had like certain things going on, but like nothing really moves forward. And then we have like another show that we're working on now that it's mm-hmm. kind of funny cause I'm 30 and it's like a show where I don't think I would be in it because it's younger. <laughs> so I've like aged out of my own demographic. Wow, you I were so would, young when I first met you. Then. I know. Uh, you met me. I was twenty-one. No, yes, I, I moved you to through, New York. I met you through Gonzalo. I moved to New York when I was twenty-one. So nine years. Gonzalo. Yeah, he's in LA. Yeah, right um, for Adam. Mm-hmm. Means everything. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But so, he was a blogger for Comedy Central at the time. Yes. Uh, and I was doing stand up, so I was like bouncing around and I was dating Josh yeah. Gondelman who did stand up, so I was always like kind of around in the stand up in the stand up situation. I had come from Boston. 
and Josh too. We right. both come from Boston, where we met there. So I, uh, and then I also like in New York did imp- I was at doing improv at the Pit, um, which is a pyramid scheme, uh, then- <laughs> as opposed to UCB, which is Scientology. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I love it. I think it's such a fun thing to do when you, you know, it's like if you're, it's like anything else. If you're Mm -hmm. amazing at it, it's such an amazing skill. And if you're not good at it, it's like, stop. (laughs) But that's with anything. That's like uh, with anything entertainment. I think there's like a Dunning-Kruger effect with all all forms of entertainment, with singing, with, with acting, with everything. Um, but yeah, so I, I did all the, the New York comedy stuff. But with, okay, so how many, how many shows have you and Allison now sold slash oh, potentially? F- five. Wow. Okay. Yeah. How long did it take to sell the first one? A year. Yeah. So for a year, you two are making YouTube videos YouTube for no videos one. That no one's watching that you're editing on iMovie. Correct. Was there any point in that first year where you thought about giving up? No, because I think we were in a real honeymoon phase with each other. Mm-hmm. We had just met and we were like, you know, ma- madly in friend love. Right. And so we were like just doing it for fun, which I think is key, kind of. And I never, she had had other had projects with people. I had had other projects with people that hadn't worked out. So it's kind of a crazy I, – I mean, I hate to say it's a fluke that it worked out because it's not a fluke. It's like we have great chemistry. Um, but it's funny that this is the one that took off because we were still making stuff with other people or trying to have other projects during that time. But then when people got fixated, like we hit 5,000 subscribers and we like po- we were so excited and we posted about it. And the fans were like a small group, but they were so intense and so vocal. Um, and so that was like rewarding. We just how, had how this many little do you have group, now? uh, 750,000. So we just had this like tiny, you know, this tiny group for a while and they, and they were all, and then it's funny now the people who are like, I've been watching since the beginning and it's like, whoa, especially when someone's like, I watched you in middle school and I'm like, <laughs> I have to go die now. Yeah. But that's the passage of time. Mm-hmm. Also, YouTube is just serving that audience. Mm-hmm. And it's Did you know that at the time? Yes and making no. Making YouTube videos that that the, the people is, watching it were going to be tweens and teens. The show is not for children. Like the show but the, is But YouTube is I know, but the show is like or dirty. Like I I was like uh, when some sometimes they'll be like, "Oh, I I this woman said she watches the show first and then if it's and then she lets her 7-year-old watch and then she said cuz the girl loves us and then says if you have any questions about mm-hmm. anything you heard ask me and i was like okay that's like good parenting but also why does a 7-year-old watch now i know a 7-year-old watches it so now i'm on edge <laughs> but then i also go i'm not the parent right like i'm going to say what i'm going to say and then oh good luck to that kid <laughs> But I get very um, – I just think about what she's had to explain to that child. Right. Well, you know, but kids, they get home from school and mm-hmm. no one's around. So I'm just going to surf around YouTube and And we were on BuzzFeed. So I think they're like, look at right. these little innocent angel cuties. And then it's not that. No. But yeah, we've been doing the show five years. And we didn't know – I mean, I, I couldn't have predicted that it would have been the thing. 
and we still we have our own projects and stuff we have stuff together but we also do a lot of stuff separate now right because we never intended i mean we never it's like almost like it was like that show married at first sight we never intended to be married (laughs) we like started making the show and then we were married at first sight and we were like, oh, because we weren't, it wasn't like we had been friends for 10 years and we started the show. We had been friends for like three weeks and we started the show. So we didn't really know each other. So we got to know each other on camera, which was weird. <laughs> Do you go back and look at some of those old videos ever? <sighs> um, Sometimes. One time Allison texted me and said, I'm watching old JBUs and we're funny. And I was like, no, I know. <laughs> um, But sometimes, sometimes I do. It's mm. it's It's weird because... I my hair changes so much that I'm like, what was I doing at that time? Mm-hmm. Um, there's sometimes I'll watch them. I it's I don't remember what I said five seconds after I said it. So I'll so someone will bring up something from an old JBU and I'll be like, oh, is that did I? I don't know. I blacked out. <laughs> and I think I had a lot of very strong opinions when I was younger. Shock of all shocks. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm older and I don't care anymore. <laughs> I mean, I do, but I just, I was like very hard line about a lot of stuff. And now, like, I think she, and so was she when we started. Was was there a moment when you or both of you realized that this was going to be a marriage? Probably when a we... A professional marriage? When we got the MTV pilot, yeah. And then when things kept, I mean, then we wrote a book together called I Hate Everyone But You, which came out last year. And then that book got on the New York Times bestseller list and did really well. And then... Um, which allows you to put that on the new book. Which allows you to put that... She, <laughs> she and I were like, that'll go in our obits. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I mean, it just kept going. Like, we we would go, okay, this is the last thing we're going to do together. And then it would keep going. Or we would come up with another idea or we would do this. So, like, we kept, <laughs> we kept being like, today's the day we get divorced. Nope. <laughs> like, And so we just kept going. We never really wanted to get divorced, but... We would sort of be, there were ups and downs of like, I want to do my own thing. No, I want to do my own thing. Um, And then we got, we get to do our own stuff now. But there was a time where like we would go, little things, like we would go, we went on um, a tour and not the book tour, but a different tour for someone else. And they booked us, we're not a couple, and they booked us one hotel room. And stuff like that would happen. And we, and it just became a thing of like, no, like we're too – well, first of all, I was totally fine with sharing a hotel room. <laughs> Allison was not. Right. You're, but, you're not the prude. Right. Or just I'm messy and she was like – and she has right. OCD. So she – like legit. Not like joke OCD, hey, like real odd couples, OCD. Odd couples are great in comedy. It's That's the whole thing. Yeah. But so she didn't want to share a room. I was like, it'll be fun. <laughs> and she was like, it won't be. Um, and so – but that kind of thing where like you don't want – you're an artist on your own and you mm. don't want – people to see you as one they saw us as one person which got to be a little like annoying to both of us so now that you have seven hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. followers youtube is raining money now right no Mm-mm. no no we make no money from youtube we none we want we like we make money from other a lot from other stuff. I don't think if we had if we hadn't started. I don't know how YouTubers do it. Like if we hadn't started selling shows, I well, I, I guess I that is have, the ultimate question. How do YouTubers do it? I don't know. 
they even after do, doing the book, you still. Uh, I I mean they. No one's giving they you do, the keys. Uh, to they the do castle. other stuff, man. They have merch, or they do Depop, or they mm. do Snapchat, like private Snapchats, or they do. I mean, they have other or brand deals. Like there's uh, YouTube itself. If you're a millionaire from YouTube, it's not just from YouTube. It's from your you know your spinoff podcast or your or your Patreon or whatever. Like the people. Do you guys that, still have a Patreon? We do. Yeah. How is that doing? It, we don't. We use it primarily to pay our crew. Okay. We always have, because um, we never. Even when we had no money in the very beginning, we never felt comfortable. A lot of YouTubers are just like have a person who films for them or a sound person, but they mm-hmm. don't pay them because it's like, well, I'll credit you on my channel. And Allison and I never felt comfortable with that. We always wanted to pay people who were doing work, um, just because we were often not paid. So we've paid our crew since day one. So. We Me too. <laughs> not hashtag. Just, just, not hashtag me too. That's a different kind of me too. Just morally we wanted to. Yeah. Um and so we've always done that. So that was what the Patreon was for, was to um pay the crew. Uh and it does that? Yeah. So we were breaking even, basically. Okay. Um and then I mean there's other like if we hadn't I mean I I while we had the channel, I was driving postmates. I had like a postmates gig. So and I write about that in the article. So, like, I had other jobs, and I think I would have had to continue having other jobs if, if we hadn't sold that first show. And that's that's so lucky. Not even the first show. The first show, Viacom notoriously doesn't pay shit, but um, the second show. <laughs> but when, I don't know if we would have gotten so, the second show without the first show. Everyone's right. planting seeds. So being in new media, you still have to rely on traditional media for the money yes but i don't think we would have gotten the opportunity in traditional media had we not had the show because part of the reason that i i wanted to transition from stand-up into youtube is because stand-up i felt and this is just my opinion i felt like you would you were doing a show in front of 15 people but on youtube even if you were doing poorly a thousand people watched it you know what I mean? And so in my head, I crunched the numbers and I was like, more people are going to see me here than see me at a live show. So if I want my jokes to get out there, I have to, I should do it here. So do you think of yourself as a brand? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. I think it's like a, I think I, a lot of what I do uh, falls under like a social justice umbrella. So I try to keep it consistent in that way of like transparency Maybe to the point of you shouldn't have said that, but right. here we are. And uh, and also um, being aware, being inclusive and being aware of that it's not just like one experience. Like mm-hmm. in the book, in the money book, in the bad with money book, um, it's not <laughs> – I, I wanted it to be a finance book for the rest of us. I wanted it to be – so even if I'm not doing comedy, I'm doing finance, right? Which it seems disparate. Uh, in the finance book... But it is show business. Show business. And it's the same thing where it's like I wanted to come at the book from a place of not just um, the way that all finance media seems to talk to you as if you are upper middle class or upper class white and you have this X amount of disposable income and this kind of thing. Right. Um, and that's not most people. So no. the bad with money book. So I went at it specifically to be like, this is for everyone else. Like, let's include race in here. Let's include disability. Let's include gender. Like, 
uh, you know, let's talk about why these things are happening systemically, but also how can you, you know, how can you do this for yourself? And obviously I'm queer. So like, there's a lot of stuff in there that's like sexuality based. Like I'm not going to talk about babies without talking about how me and my girlfriend are going to have a real expensive time. So like, and I think a lot of people just kind of, they don't want to deal with that. They want to write a finance book that has easy solutions mm-hmm. and they don't want to deal with the complicated stuff. Dump but all that, your money in the IRA and But that leaves so many people yeah. out. That leaves so many people out. And there's a chapter in the book about freelancing because, um, because I, and I really pushed for that chapter because it's like, that's most people. The gig economy is more, you know, more right. uh, and only, and only growing most like there was data that said like, when in the in the 80s and 90s, if you had a side gig, you were doing it for a little while to buy something specific, a, a house or a, a gift for right, Christ, ra- Christmas for or you're raising money for something. You have a specific goal. Or you had a book you had to pay off. You had a book. In the case of my father, <laughs> you had a book you had to pay off. Uh, but now the when people work in the gig economy, now the, the data shows uh, they that is their income. They use that money weekly. It so feel- it's totally different. Yeah, no, it feels like as machines, as we give more and more of our jobs to machines and computers, mm-hmm. that doesn't leave much for everybody else except side, right. side, a, a collection of side hustles. Yeah. And then it's so complicated. Like in New York, you know, do you call an Uber or do you get in a cab? Like it's very, do you do you use the delivery person from the restaurant or, or order delivery from the restaurant or do you Postmates? Like then it's like this whole moral dilemma that makes my brain spin. I don't know. Huh. It's not good, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> How do we get out of this? Right. Other so, than other than my congresswoman, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, saving us all. Uh, Otherwise, how do we get out of this? Uh, mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> um, yeah, well – in the, I mean, in the book, I, I talk about a lot of the stuff you can do for yourself, but, you know, I, I quote this, um, this guy, Professor William Jarity, who, um, studies, uh, race and, and money and, and poverty. And he says there's nothing, in terms of helping everybody, there's nothing one person can do. Like, I can't give you, he's like, you know, I can't give you this one tip that you can do to, like, save everyone. Like, it has to be a top down systemic change. Good luck with that. Right. Um, but basically, yeah, he was like, you know, you can do stuff yourself. You can donate. You can volunteer. You can um, try to be conscious of the food you buy or, you know, the clothing that you buy or whatever. But at the end of the day, like, unless everybody gets on board with that, you're just one person, man. <laughs> can you can you be successful as a creative person in 2019 and beyond without being on social media? God, I hope so. Well, what about Kristen Wiig? She's not on anything, and I think about that every day. I'm like, what a lucky person that she never got on, mm-hmm. and she never will. She doesn't need it, right? Well, she doesn't need like how I do you? Know. But how do you, as someone in your I don't 20s- know. I just met a girl who's uh, an up and coming actress. She's been on a few things. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she has been in two really well acclaimed shows. I don't want to out her, but. She's been on two really, really mm-hmm. great shows. Have you uh, tagged her in your Instagram? No, no, listen. Oh, right, she's had she doesn't have significant her. parts. And she I just was talking to her and she said, Oh, I got rid of and she's like only getting more famous right mm-hmm. now. And she's like, I just got rid of all my social media. And I like had like a minor heart attack. I was like, But but girl, like 
this is people are going to start to fi- want to find you because you're getting more famous. Like I wanted to find you. Yeah. And she was like, I don't want it and I don't need it. And I'm like, is she on to something? Because in my mind, I, I was like, I want to follow her. But then so then instead of following her, I said, oh, give me your phone number and right. we'll keep in touch that way. Like an old person. And and we can text. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. What? We'll text. OK, yeah, we'll text. But I was like, well, what if? I don't know. I don't know. My one friend, my one other actress friend said that she she's auditioned for things and then heard that the people looked at her Instagram and that's what made them decide to choose her because not because of the follower count, but because they could see her in different hairstyles, different types of clothes. Okay. So they could see her as the part. Right. Like she I was up for something. It was a portfolio. Exactly. I was I was up for something and. Uh, I was like, what do I do? And and the feedback I got was that I was too young. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, and even though I'm 30 and the character was written to be in her 30s, mm-hmm. I understand I'm only 30, but I'm still in my 30s. But they were like, look at that baby face. Oh. So, I, so I was freaking out and I was like asking her, what do I do? What do I do? And she was like, post photos on your Instagram of you in suits or you looking older. So I did like a series of posts of me um, on, on red carpets wearing a suit or me like at Fashion Week wearing a suit, like trying to like posting pictures where I looked older uh, just for like a week. Okay. I didn't get the part, but she was like, that's what I do. And that's gotten me parts. Like if it's like if it's like, oh, they're on the fence, but they think this and this or whatever, she'll post a photo that proves Whatever the and so like can you be success? I don't know. I don't know. Like I get what she's saying. That makes sense. She's like, oh, think of it as like a date. Like the casting people will stalk your Instagram. And right. I was like, what? But can you be a comedian who wants to be on TV and not have a big Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube? But there's following? so many people that are. I okay. There are so many people that are on television that weekly mm-hmm. that have less followers than I do. Why? That makes no sense to me. I don't know why. I came from the internet. Perhaps that's because so they're like she's already on the internet, right. so we she's an internet person, so we follow her on the internet. But I like I have actors and actresses and writers who are my favorite, 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 but it doesn't occur to me to follow them until probably like a a while. Like it just it would just occur to me to be like, Oh yeah, I should follow that. Like I love the good place. Love it. I think it's a perfect, wonderful show. I just followed the guy that plays Cheaty. Oh. But I love that show. Mm -hmm. But why did it take me three seasons to realize I should probably follow Cheaty? (laughs) I don't know. You were already following Darcy, right? Yes, of course. Of course. Come on. Come on. Obviously. Come on. Before the show. That's a friend. (laughs) Yeah. But like, yes, that's the most well-deserved glow up of all time. But yeah, so like, I don't know. I I just don't, I, I don't know why it doesn't translate. And that's something I think about all the time. Because you would think that guy's like beloved. Right. You would think he would have more followers than me. I don't think he does. What's that about? But, Follow William Jackson Harper is what I'm saying. But but it but it doesn't matter because he's got the network show. I'm I thinking, know. I'm thinking more about the people. But you're saying he got the show without having the following. That's what I'm saying. Yes. So it's so it is it's possible talent. to break through. Oh, I think it's without more... having to prove that you're a social media person. Well, how many social media people get chances and can't act? Mm-hmm. Or can't write. Have you seen uh, the documentary American Meme? No, I haven't. <laughs> I'm so scared to watch it. 
<laughs> I don't want to know. It's um, it's telling. I mean, it's it's not as revealing as I'd like it to be, mm-hmm. but because I'd like to have more conversations like I'm having with you, yeah. where people really talk about what it's like to have to feed the beast of the internet and and try to make a living from that. I feel way less pressure about that. Way less because I I was I went to school for journalism. I was a journalist and a writer for a very long time. Newspaper reporting, um, blog, you know, I worked for newspapers, basically, mm-hmm. online newspapers and also regular newspapers. Um, I started doing YouTube. YouTube's been less of my life than I was as a reporter. And then um, and then Bad With Money, I, my dad always says that Bad With Money and, and the, the podcast and the book are both journalism, which they are. Right. More so. I mean, they're show business and they're con- they're funny, but they are reporting. And I interview people and I research and it's more – my dad's like, you're using your degree, which is what he wants. <laughs> um, but so, so that – and I think I'm only – I think I – and I don't want to disparage anyone, but like I think that's – benefited me more than if I had gone if I had a BFA in acting or if I had gone to school for screenwriting like I think it allowed I don't I wouldn't want to just be an online person I can't I don't think I'm built for it like I think I've oh that was like a cool thing that's happened Mm -hmm. but I you're friends with people who are yes of course um but I'm also friends with people in writers rooms who you've never heard of who write your favorite shows you know what I mean and I'm jealous sometimes because I think of those people because one, they don't have eyes on them. They don't have attention and they can just hop from amazing job to amazing job. And two, like they if they get um, a job or they get successful or they get whatever, they're probably taken more seriously than I am. Like I, I wrote on a Netflix show and I was in the writer's room and for a couple weeks and then finally someone was like, hey, I watched your YouTube. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> They were like, I saw your your YouTube videos. Like, they're so funny. And I was like, and everyone was like, you have a YouTube channel? And I was like, stop it. Stop talking. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know because I didn't. They were like legit, you know. I felt self-conscious. Huh. You felt like being known as a YouTuber would Then they would go, oh, that's a YouTuber. Hmm. Yeah. Even though YouTube's the future. And, I got, the future. and I got the job mm-hmm. from a, a script I wrote. So I didn't get the job because I'm a YouTuber, but I didn't want everyone in the room to be watching my YouTube videos. No, that's for 12-year-olds. I just, I don't, I that's was for like, middle. That's for middle schoolers. No, I just. Watching in shock. Allison always, yeah, Allison always says YouTube's a young man's game. <laughs> well, young man, you did great for yourself. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm Gabby. glad you have a podcast now. Me too. I'm glad you could be on it. Thanks. Thanks, Gabby. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Last things first. Last things first.